The Daily Mail recently commissioned a polling company to ask 1,000 American voters to say one word that they think best describes what a second term of either Donald Trump or President Biden would look like. In fact, they were asked for one word for both people. And Donald Trump shared this word cloud that showed the most frequently used words to describe what a second Trump term would look like. And Trump shared it on Truth Social as if he's proud of it, even though the biggest word the most common word that people use to describe what a second Trump term would look like was revenge. Right in the middle of that big old word bubble is the word revenge. Other words that popped up frequently with voters were dictator and dictatorship, king, power. Uh, what else do we have on here? <laughs> Money, corruption, MAGA, destroy, those aren't exactly the kinds of words that you want to pop into people's heads when they're thinking about what a second term under your rule would look like. But Trump again, shared it proudly with that big word revenge sitting right there in the middle because American voters are apparently, I, I guess I'm not giving them enough credit. They do see what Donald Trump brings to the table. And for Biden, by the way, the top three words were nothing, economy, and democracy. So a little bland, a little boring, but at least they didn't say dictator and revenge and corruption. So again, I think I've not been giving American voters enough credit. I do think a lot of people understand what is at stake in next year's election. And I think a lot of people do understand that Donald Trump is not running for president again because he wants to finish his agenda because he has so many great ideas he just didn't get around to doing. It's because he wants that power back. He wants to get revenge on everybody that he believes has wronged him. Democrat, Republican, judge, doesn't matter. If you were not firmly on Donald Trump's side, he is going to come after you in a second term. And he's not been shy about it. He has made these promises. His lawyers are out there making these promises, openly suggesting that the law, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the Colorado state Supreme court should be criminally prosecuted for kicking Trump off the ballot. They're very open with this. Hell project 2025 led by the heritage foundation. They want to replace everybody in Washington DC with a Trump loyalist so that he can do all these horrible things without anybody telling him no. They're very open. They're not even doing this secretly anymore. They're letting us know that we want to make Donald Trump the king. We want to empower his revenge agenda. And because they are being so open about it, more and more people are having their eyes open to what a second Trump term would be. So Trump can brag about it. He can boast about it, post it on his social media accounts all he wants but it's not going to help him. I don't think that Trump sharing this is going to bring any new voters into the fold. And that's what he has to do in order to beat Biden, right? He couldn't do that in 2020 and it doesn't look like he's doing that now. I know the polls are kind of all over the place showing, oh, Trump can win, Trump can win, Trump can win. 
But in reality, when you see things like this, that doesn't seem as likely, does it? When you look at Democrats overperforming in every election for the last 18 months, even in deep red areas, yeah, also kind of makes you question those polls. So take the polls with a grain of salt, because based on this poll, it does seem like voters understand what we're getting into with a second Trump term. And unless they were saying these words like revenge and corruption lovingly, it seems like most voters don't want Trump back in office. The folks over at Fox and Friends, well, technically the fill-in folks over at Fox and Friends, are not happy about the fact that President Biden and his wife, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden, are on vacation this week to ring in the new year in the Bahamas. They believe that Biden should be sitting in the White House worrying about him being impeached this coming year, but instead he's having a nice subtropical vacation to, you know, celebrate the holidays with his family, which for the record is what he actually does every year. Here is what this is a uh, Fox and friends guest host, Griff Jenkins. What a name. Griff Jenkins had this to say about Biden going on vacation. President Biden heading to St. Croix to the Virgin Islands to escape the mountain crises, the U.S. troops being attacked in the Middle East, the southern border, which is on fire, and of course, possible impeachment as the House looks like they are moving forward on the inquiry. To be fair to the president, he has gone for, for many years to the St. Croix to bring in the new year. It's just, it's that age old question and other presidents have faced it. When is the situation for the country in dire enough cases you, you shouldn't be seen? Maybe it's a bad look to be on the beach in the Caribbean, a luxury that many Americans and us right now can't afford while these things are happening. Yeah, most of us cannot afford to just randomly go down to the Caribbean. I can't but I'm, I'm, I'm probably willing to bet that the guest hosts at Fox and friends, y'all probably can afford that. Also, if you're going to talk about people being on vacation and being unhappy about it, please understand that the reason y'all are sitting on that Fox and friends couch right now is because the regular people are on vacation. So maybe, maybe don't bring that up, you know, because y'all wouldn't be working and getting paid if people weren't on vacation. And yeah, I know it's a different situation for the president of the United States, right? There's lots of things happening. There's always lots of things happening, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to be upset about president Biden going on vacation when these same people at Fox news for four straight friggin' years excused Donald Trump taking more than 250 vacation days while he was president of the United States. And, and I think as you'll all recall, we did have international crises and of course, domestic crises out the yin yang while Donald Trump was president. I, y'all remember COVID? I, I do. I mean, I, I think a lot of people remember that. I mean, the whole last year of Trump's presidency, he still went on vacations. He still went golfing. Oh, and by the way, not only did he take 250 vacation days while in office, but he also spent one out of every four days golfing. Actually, it was a little under four days between three and four golfing on the golf course. Do you think while Donald Trump's lining up a putt, he is sitting there in the back of his mind thinking, what are we going to do about Afghanistan? What are we going to do about Russia? 
What are we going to do about these international crises and the economic crises that I started with my trade war? He's not thinking about that. He's thinking, okay, I got to get the little ball in the little hole with the little stick. He wasn't working. So I'm not going to begrudge Biden a Caribbean vacation when y'all said nothing and acted like it was no big deal that Donald Trump was on vacation like every other day, at least once a week. And not to mention (laughs) Donald Trump's daily schedule, which we knew during the Trump administration, all that executive time on his calendar where nobody was allowed to talk to him because he was sitting there watching Fox news, paying your salaries basically. So piss and moan about Biden going on vacation all you want. The truth is nobody did it more than Donald Trump. Nobody did less work while in office, even when they weren't on vacation than Donald Trump. So if you're not going to address that, then you don't get to talk about anybody else going on vacation while bad things are happening around the planet. Bad things are happening around the planet every single day. Always have probably always will, but Trump let everything burn while he was busy on the golf course. And y'all didn't say a word about that other than, of course, to excuse it. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa has been in the headlines a lot recently. Obviously, she endorsed Ron DeSantis for president, and that was a decision that didn't work out very well for her. So Trump's been attacking her, and She's been attacking Trump and now she's in the headlines again for basically being the Grinch this time of year by taking money away from starving children in her state. The state of Iowa, again, led by Republicans, of course, has made the decision that they are not going to participate in a federal program that would provide $40 per month to hungry children in the state of Iowa over the summer. So $40 a month for three months, granted it's $40 per kid, but nope. The governor says that's, that's just not sustainable because if we give them an extra $40 a month for food for kids who are starving, Well, there's no regulations on what they can spend it on and they may spend it on unhealthy foods. This is the statement of this woman who is pure evil because this is an evil decision by an evil person. Here's what she said. Federal COVID era cash benefit programs are not sustainable and don't provide long-term solutions for the issues impacting children and families. An EBT card does nothing to promote nutrition at a time when childhood obesity has become an epidemic. Okay. So because there's no restrictions, like they could go buy a bag of Cheetos, which by the way, may not be the most nutritional thing out there, but it does provide calories, which is what the body burns for energy. So, you know, it may not be giving them all the vitamins they need, but it does provide their body with fuel. But because that particular fuel is not up to your standards, you say, no, hungry child, you can't have $40 for a month of food. We're not talking 40 bucks a day, 40 bucks a month because of her decision to opt out of this federal program, by the way, like 
They don't have to pay all the money. It's just a matching program. The federal government's going to pay most of it. But Kim Reynolds says, no, screw them kids. Let them go hungry in the summer months. Evil, just pure, unadulterated evil from today's Republican party. And do you know why I can say that? On September 22nd of this year, do you know what Kim Reynolds announced? Well, she made an announcement. This is an announcement from her office. Governor Reynolds announced that Iowa's corporate tax rate will drop to 7.1% from 8.4% for tax year 2024, which was not projected to happen until later than 2027. But she said, no, you know what? Let's put the corporate tax rate. Let's speed track that to make it go into effect in 2024. Oh, and by the way, we're going to take food out of the mouths of starving children. We're going to give corporations a tax cut and take food away from children. If ever there was a more apt description of today's Republican party, I have never seen it because that is it. Free money to corporations, starve the state of money, and then literally starve the children because we can't afford to pay you to eat. By the way, your big problem, you say, is that if we give the 40 bucks a month per kid so that they can eat food, there's no restrictions on what they can spend it on, which actually there are, um, but they could still buy unhealthy stuff. They can buy snacks, a little Debbie's, whatever. But what about this tax cut? Now, did you put any regulations in place saying that corporations have to spend the money they save on their business? They have to spend that extra money in their pockets on hiring new people or growing their companies? No, you didn't. They get free money, but starving kids, oh, well, nobody cares about you kids because Republicans hate children. I mean, that's the only conclusion I can come to here. 240,000 kids in the state of Iowa will go hungry this coming summer because of Kim Reynolds. By the way, her state also has an 11% poverty rate. One in 11 children in the state would have benefited from this program. But she says, oh, hell no. I got to give that money to the corporations who fund my campaigns. A political strategist and founder of a left-leaning, Democrat-supporting think tank has made headlines this week for making a rather bold prediction that Donald Trump's entire presidential campaign could actually be over in just a few days, really. Within the matter of, he says, about two weeks, Trump's campaign could be completely dead. The political strategist and man by the name of Simon Rosenberg, those involved in politics are very familiar with that name. And he made this prediction on social media this week. He said, what's remarkable is that there is a non-zero chance the Supreme Court could rule with Colorado and Trump could be finished within the next two weeks. Now, technically he's not wrong. There is a non-zero chance that the Supreme Court could rule with the Colorado state Supreme court. And if they do that, that frees up any other state in the country to say, okay, well, Trump's off the ballot. We're done. We got the Supreme court saying we're allowed to do it. We're going to do it. So he's not wrong. And that's what makes this statement so bold because it is just putting it out there as it is. This isn't, you know, some wackadoo saying, oh no, Trump's campaign is going down in flames. He's just pointing out 
This is a possibility. And because it's a possibility, it is something we need to talk about. Now, he's not telling you to get your hopes up. He's not telling you that two weeks from now, no matter what, Trump is gone. You never have to think about him again. He's just saying, keep your mind open, keep your eyes open, because this could happen. So the question is, what would it look like if this happens? Well, there's several possibilities, because just to kind of recap, as everybody knows, Colorado State Supreme Court says, yes, Trump supported an insurrection. Therefore, 14th Amendment says you can't be on our ballot. We're kicking you off. Supreme Court is now going to hear that. Supreme Court could side several different ways. It's not just a simple, yes, Colorado's right or no, Colorado's wrong. The Supreme Court could rule that, hey, 14th Amendment does in fact say that, and Trump did in fact engage in an insurrection. However, the 14th Amendment uh, doesn't apply to people running for president. Therefore, it does not apply to Donald Trump. Second thing they could say is Trump did not engage in an insurrection. Therefore, 14th Amendment cannot apply to him, even though it does apply to presidents. So that's option number two. Both options, by the way, is the Supreme Court saying Trump's back on the Colorado ballot. The third way they can go is to just look at the Colorado decision and say, yeah, you're right. Trump's off the ballot. Now that's probably a long shot. Obviously we have a six, three conservative majority on that Supreme court. But as I've pointed out, those Supreme court justices, whether they lean to the right or lean to the left, whatever it is, they've got those jobs for life. Even when they're just committing like the worst corruption we've ever seen, Clarence Thomas, uh, nobody could do anything to them because we don't have the numbers to impeach them and probably never will. So they're safe. They don't owe an allegiance to anybody outside of, you know, their corporate people like Clarence Thomas. Um, so they don't have to appease any particular politician because what are they going to do? Unappoint them? No, they got that job for life. Like, thanks for putting me here, but I don't have to worry about comeuppance because you can't do anything to me. So they don't have to be loyal to anyone. Now, some of them will, but some of them may not. Because even some of those conservative justices may look at this and say, listen, Trump is destroying the Republican party. I love the Republican party. So if I get rid of him, I'm saving the Republic. I'm doing my party a favor. So keep that in mind, because that is also something that these judges could think in their heads and say, listen, I don't like Trump. I love Republicans. They got to get rid of him. Let me save them. So ruling against Trump in this matter could be their way of saving the Republican party. So that's also an option. So let's assume that happens. Let's assume by some weird miracle, they agree with Colorado Supreme court and say, yeah, you can kick Trump off the ballot using the 14th amendment. Now, does that mean that Trump is automatically kicked off of the ballots and, and prevented from running? I don't know. Like I, I genuinely do not know that answer. If the Supreme court agrees and says he engaged in an insurrection and the 14th amendment applies, I would think at that point, you could then file a federal lawsuit to bar Trump from holding office. But I think you would have to file the lawsuit. So these state lawsuits, which by the way, there's lawsuits in about half of the states in this country to kick Trump off the ballot using the 14th amendment. Um, those would need to not need to go away, but those would probably go away and be replaced with a massive federal lawsuit to kick Donald Trump off at the federal level. So that's what we could be looking at. And yeah, if the Supreme court makes this decision, excuse me, in the next couple of weeks, 
That could be it. It could be it. Or the gambit to kick Trump off the ballot could be completely over. We don't know. Everything is possible at this point. Nothing is impossible. And that's what makes this so interesting. And that's why Mr. Rosenberg's prediction here is worthy of the headlines. Because again, he's not wrong. We don't know what the Supreme Court will do. But we do know, whichever way they go with it, it's going to have massive national implications and definitely is going to have some kind of effect on the 2024 election next year. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.